Hey, hey Barry. Hey, Merle. Happy Friday. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Friday here. Once again, we've had the most beautiful April here in Cleveland, I think I ever remember. Wow. Yeah, That's it's like 70 cool. and sunny. It's saying a lot. Yeah, it is. Well, our Aprils are terrible. I mean, typically, they're just rainy and muddy and and all of that. But anyways, I want to say, happy, uh, what do I want to say? Uh, welcome to Over 50 starting over, everyone. I'm Barry Edwards. And I'm Merle Garrison. 50% of you anyway. I, I say that because uh, you're, you're ha- look at you, you're so thin. 50%. <laughs> well, a few months ago, there was twice of you sitting there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 60% of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I well, that's, so that's about right. About I mean, it's been, uh, let's see, a total of uh, 76 pounds. Oh, my God. I can't even believe that. Now, yeah. we talked a lot about that on Sunday. We had the best conversation last Sunday. We talked for two hours about everything. Under <laughs> Time the flies sun. whenever we talk. It, that oh, didn't seem like two it? hours to me. Not at all. No. You, yeah. Once again, you helped me clean my rental place. Uh, it just made me breeze through it. Um, but one thing I wanted, I, I stuck in the back of my head, I wanted to talk about a bit because the things I think are, I try to remember to bring up things that are very helpful on this podcast. And that is, um, I said to you, and we talked about this before, that as you went through this dramatic weight loss with the um, Optiva, Am uh, I Optivia, pretty close. I always say it. And wrong. It's, it's, I like the name Optivia, Optimum Life Via. Right. No, I do too. But I especially like the coaching aspect that goes along oh, with it. That's so, the best part. yeah, you, your family, uh, uh, a handful of you guys uh, have really gone through sustaining weight loss and the sustaining part is what I want to talk about because I I think anybody that has struggled with their weight in this country has experienced uh, the rewarding feeling of making a a dramatic weight loss only to see it rebound. Yeah, yeah, you see it all the time. To go through the compulsive. I mean, the problem with it is in the first place is it's a compulsive behavior. And so then you go through the weight loss and your compulsive behavior wants to tell you how much you deserve to be rewarded by going out to McDonald's or whatever and, and chowing down you. And, and, and so I asked you how, and, and you said that you were worried about leading up to hitting your goal, how you're going to sustain it because it's been yes. this rewarding experience all along the way right. of losing it. And so there is, yes. and I think this is the, about the most important thing we've ever touched on as far as weight loss goes in a country that is suffering from obesity that needs to cure this thing. How did you find this sustaining factor uh how, how did you not rebound in and how did you get out of the compulsive behavior well i tell you what i mean i don't know if i'm out of the woods on this whole thing yet okay. to be honest I, I i think this is one of those things where you're constantly in recovery you know what i mean Ooh, like it's yeah. never this isn't like one and done uh it's it, it's a it's a it's a battle every day and there's there are things that you can do to help make it through that but the thing that made it easy for me i'd say easy this isn't easy uh it was really took everything i had to to make this happen but the thing that is making it more sustaining for me is that i like 
how I feel mm. on this on this program that I'm on. I I don't feel those. There's certain things that were happening in my body that I was dealing with that I thought were normal, and now they're not. They're things that I I'm not I'm not dealing with anymore. What do you mean? And I, and I feel okay. So first of all, like you eat dinner. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, God, I'm full. Okay. Yeah. And you then you get on the couch and you're just like Humpty Dumpty. You, can't, you know what I mean? And yes, I do. Asleep, you're out, you know? And, and I, I don't I don't feel the, the, the meals that I'm eating right now are very low carb. Uh, and, I, and I found out that those carbs are the things that make me, mm. they cause inflammation in your mm-hmm. gut. And uh, this discomfort, and 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 you get tired, mm. and so um, I struggle I, with all that. Yeah, so I eat too I many carbs. I yeah. I have my dinner, and I don't feel that that feeling at all. I feel good, and I feel good throughout the day. Uh, you know, with this program, you're you're eating constantly through the day, but you're not eating things that are going to hurt you. Uh, they're very small meals, about 100, 125 calories. And um, throughout the day, I never get that spike in hunger. And what I found out was that that was low blood sugar that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I also learned that I am not a happy camper when I have low blood sugar. I can attest to <laughs> you, that. Yes. You and I as roommates, <laughs> I didn't know what was happening to me. Turned I didn't know what was happening to you. <laughs> no, we always knew. call it, they call it hangry today. We called it food piss back then. Yeah. It's like, oh, Merle's food piss. There he goes running yeah. through the apartment. Yeah. Uh, and Marie Don't would get say, in the way. mean Merle, go away. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. So that's important. So you you discovered Huge. that it's a, you got low in blood sugar. Is that correct? Yeah. Low blood sugar caused me to be a like a different mm. Merle. Mm, uh, and and you know for me uh you have to find what works for you right like mm-hmm. you, you you had been doing the um the intermittent the fasting, fasting. Inter- intermittent i still fasting, am right? and i'm gonna a lot, tell a lot you, of people do really well on that i want to just mention because it, this is important to what you're saying is that i've kind of found i've certainly plateaued with it maybe my body is adjusted to it or something but here's what i know is that you know i wait until 11 o'clock to, to eat and it's really hard to get to 11 o'clock good part is yeah, yeah. dude i haven't eaten since six or seven the prior day right my body has digested all of that food so that's a good thing however i really do overeat at 11 o'clock and i mean i'll be shoving my face full of uh some uh, yeah. uh, chips oh they're multi-grain chips uh or whatever but while i'm making a sandwich and while i'm microwaving something else and i overindulge yeah that, you know that's a problem yeah yeah and and you know you're trying to make sure that you you know that long desert of not eating that you don't you're not <laughs> you're yeah. not gonna get all hungry yeah and uh, anyway uh it, it the there are once I started down this path, I started to get these rewards that kept me coming back for more. And um, one of them was as, as I started to see my body change, I started to really like that. Like, I, I mean, I, I've gotten myself into a place where I haven't really been in this kind of shape maybe ever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm like, oh, well, I don't, I don't want to lose that. I, I think mm-hmm. about the fact that almost 
a year ago on this show, we had a challenge in May of 2022 mm -hmm. to try to lose weight. And I tried and tried. I got on my bicycle and I did 200 miles in the month mm -hmm. of May and I lost two pounds. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was so frustrating. But now, you know, a year later, I, I mean, I've accomplished the goal and um, I feel really good about it. And I don't want to lose that. that. That's another big motivating factor. So that's why I say it's not one and done. I, mm -hmm. I still got to. I still have to do this. And in Optavia, um, you know, the coaching is key and they've been mm -hmm. helping me to manage through this process. And there's more to learn. I'm learning more and more. My health coach is helping me. I, I had an hour long session with her last night talking about this transition that I'm in of, of sustaining. So they're going to help you through this. My health coaches are helping me through this so that I, so that this is sustainable. Mm -hmm. uh, that's and, and I think this is the hard part because losing weight uh, is hard, but there's a reward. Every time you lose weight, there's like a woohoo, oh, yeah. I made it right. But sustaining weight, there's a woohoo! I sustained my weight. Nobody, that's nobody the, says that. That's the important part. Now yeah. let me ask you a couple things. So you are. This is a question. You are on that same meal plan with Octavia. I, I, I'm on a meal plan, but I'm, I'm. So this is the thing in the transition part. I'm learning about the transition, so I'm, I'm not all the way there. Uh, so what I've done here. So what we're doing is. We call it five and five and one. Mm. They have these five snacks throughout the day. And then you have one lean and green. It's like five to seven ounces of protein and then green, whatever, like broccoli or salad mm. or whatever. So then you switch over to four and two. Uh, so you have four of those little meals and you have two of those lean and green. So I've kind of been dabbling around in that. Now there's this whole transition to getting off of the Optavia food and getting mm. just every... Uh, you can still stay on it, but you, the whole point is to learn about the foods that you're choosing that are going to be good energy foods that you can use for fuel that aren't going to pack on weight. That's going to make you feel good. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that I'm into right now is learning all about that. Okay. And your brother, Scott is like a year ahead of you, correct? Yes. So yes. where is he in, in all? Is he still eating up to via meals or is he fully transitioned out? Is he sustaining? I haven't talked to him. I got to, I got to call him. Yeah. So he, just like everybody else kind of, um, he, he has moved out of the full-time Optavia thing. Uh, he did gain a few pounds. And so I, as I'm doing this and losing weight, it motivated him. And he's like, wait a second. I think I want to lose about 10 or 15 more pounds. So he, really? he's, he, he, he went up maybe 10 pounds, <laughs> uh, but now he's like, okay, so he's back on the program again. And that's oh. the cool thing about this program is that, Hey, if it gets away from you a little bit, you know exactly what to do. It's not yeah. like panic time or anything like yeah. that. And so you and I, what happens. on the phone, we were talking we were kind of comparing this to uh, recovering from alcohol or drug abuse to, to an extent. There's a parallel there, don't you think? I think so. I, well, one thing about, I know, alcoholism is that you can't get out of it by yourself. Mm, right, right. I mean, right. people have tried, and it's not a pretty sight. And, and this is one of those things where 
having an accountability partner is such a huge thing. Right. I, I send my, uh, my weight, I do a weight check every week and I send that to my two health coaches, my brother and, and Diane. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, uh, that's a big deal. Just all accountability. Yeah, yeah. I wake up on Tuesday morning, I get on the scale. I, Oh, okay. And then I type it in and I send it to them and they're like, you know, Hey, way to go. Or, Hey, you know, keep your head up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it's really, it's really good because I want to be able to, you know, send something good. And I told, I told Scott, you know, uh, I think this is something I want to do with you for the rest of my life, because just having that accountability, that's Mm. there's, we can't minimize that. That's a big deal, Barry. No. And you know, that's a good segue into something else I wanted to share, uh, with everybody here. Merle, did I tell you that I started using a business mentor for the first time in my life? I think you might have mentioned that, but but uh, this is yeah, really tell important. Me more. Yeah, I mean, I've always heard that. You know, I've been listening to podcasts for years and all that, and uh, business and marketing ones too, along with uh, just fun ones. But uh, I would always hear from the most successful people that, oh my God, you have to have a, a mentorship, a, a business, and you know, it's usually the people that are selling mentorships. So I join my program, and because if you haven't paid big bucks uh, to for a mentorship, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, my uh, client and friend, Brian Hall, the electric electrical safety guy, he was telling me how he did. He, he was paying big bucks for this uh, mentor business mentorship for a while. Then he discovered score.org, S-C-O-R-E, score.org. Huh. Okay. And he goes, it's free. And he goes, it's 10 times better than what I was paying for. I'm like, really? I'm like, What? And so it was about three weeks ago. I'm like, well, give me the URL, score.org. So I look it up. I sign up immediately. I'm three. It, it, the next day, uh, I was assigned a, a business coach. Uh, he is located in Westlake, Ohio. They're all right. over the world. Okay. There's thousands of them. It's basically successful, retired business people. And, um, and, uh, so I, I I talked with him. I'm I'm going to have my third session with him this afternoon. Wow. And immediately, the first thing that he said was um, one of the first things he said. He goes, you know, he he listened to what I've been through and where I want to go and stuff. And he goes, well, you should join the Beachwood Chamber of Commerce. Huh. I'm like, really? And uh, he's, oh yeah. And and I thought, well, it didn't take me but a couple minutes to be like, oh yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, so much money is in business is being pushed around in Beachwood. It's it's a very well run community that wow. is right next door to Cleveland yeah. Heights. Yeah. Conversely, to Cleveland Heights, which is very poorly run in all of those regards. And oh, wow. uh, so I joined. I just went to a, my first networking event with the Beachwood Chamber last night. Now, yeah. And that was, uh, and people look, man, people are barely coming out of the COVID hangover right now. Isn't that crazy? So yeah, I'm guessing there's 150 members in that chamber and about 20 showed up to this event. Now it was a beautiful night. Maybe that has something to do with it, but, uh, (laughs) but they, they basically have only started, uh, to start doing live events again. And people, we are all got so comfortable sitting on a couch or behind zoom and not wearing pants. And, uh, wait, what? 
Well, if you're doing Zoom, that's kind of the joke. You, know, you don't know if I'm wearing pants <laughs> right to make now, sure. you know? <laughs> uh, okay, I, I am. It's for the audience, I'm wearing, shorts. wearing pants. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it was a great event. Uh, a lot of the board members were there, and I got to meet and talk to them in a very personal level because it wasn't too crowded. So it was great. And all these Yeah, it sounds, sounds pretty cool. But what I will say about that, the whole thing, like – my the instant rewards i got from this business coaching yeah they're unbelievable as soon as yeah. i first of all i was like oh, okay i gotta join yet another thing for 200 bucks it's you know i hesitated on that yet another 200 bucks it's like every time that's I turn how around, much the chamber was yeah. yeah okay as soon as i did uh the new executive director who's the nicest guy in the world uh he calls me up we do a zoom call and he's like look uh he goes i understand what you do how what do you think of our website basically i'm now negotiating to redo their website which is a big deal because there's so many facets to it yeah uh, and so it's the chamber i mean like there's yeah. uh, all those businesses are coming right there yeah uh, hello so uh but so uh, instant um Instant, How cool uh, is that? Yeah. yeah. What is the word I'm looking for? Oh, but, the uh, gratification. Instant return. <laughs> okay. instant re I was trying yeah. to, I was going with gratification, but it's not the right word. Return on right, investment. Right. Well, yeah. I didn't yeah, even yeah. invest There's any your $200. Money. I'm only investing my time. Right. And, but it, the, the biggest, most important, the most important aspects of this is that I have validation. So, when I'm on my own and I'm thinking, okay, here's what I'm going to do to market myself this year or this month or whatever. I got these great ideas. I start implementing. Then if I'm not getting an instant return on my investment, all the doubts, I'm doubting myself. I'm losing yes. my focus. I'm starting to Ugh, go in different I directions. I know what you mean. Yes. So I have this validation from a very experienced, tried and true professional. Yes. And I have accountability i love it that's oh dude it, it, it's it's, it's a key to, it's a key to everything biggest really. biggest thing in the world so I yeah agree. so i have uh my next zoom call with him in uh this afternoon and i had to make sure a couple days ago that i set some things in motion that we talked about because i have this zoom call and i don't want to disappoint him and myself and uh and feel like a fool or a loser or something anyways it's the best thing in the world i'm telling you it's free it's score.org you can sign up online in minutes and they'll assign a business coach to you and as my coach says hey if you feel the chemistry's not right we'll get somebody else for you you know and um and i think that that's awesome yeah. And so my buddy, what, Brian, what's this guy? What does this guy do? I mean, what did he do? He's retired. Uh, he, Oh God. Yeah. He was in sales forever. Now I, I forget because oh, okay. I've met so many people in the last couple of weeks yeah. that well, that's they're kind of running together yeah. here. And yeah. I'm going to have to ask him again. Yeah. Well, you're just going back to that. It, it's so great that these types of people that have been there, done that can give you like tidbits of, knowledge and wisdom that can save you so much money or time or frustration yeah. it's it's really amazing and the validation yeah be like yes. oh i am doing yeah right. that is a good idea Not keep going focus. down that yeah. yes yes or no that isn't a good idea don't right. don't turn around don't waste you your turn. time and you money turn. yeah yeah exactly. for sure uh so my well, that buddy... was a... oh go ahead 
Oh, I just yeah, wanted to say, so my buddy Brian has a business coach that, and, and I told my business coach his name, Brian's mentor's name. He's like, oh yeah, he's really new in score. And, uh, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, well, Brian says that his guy gives him very actionable things to do. Like he's told, uh, like, so Brian's mentor has told him how to work LinkedIn like in detail, that's a big deal. Step that is step. a big, big deal. Yeah. Now my mentor hasn't done that. And so I kept saying to Brian, we, we talk, he, he's a friend of mine. He's, he's a good friend of mine. And like, we got to compare notes. We got to talk like once I like a week that. or two weeks and uh, exchange information. Cause I'm not getting that kind of actionable thing like from LinkedIn, but I am getting, I mean, I'm getting good advice. I'm getting the accountability. I'm getting the validation. These things are priceless in and of themselves. I they really also are taught my, my mentor something and, and he's really good. He's a humble guy. Um, I, I stumbled upon alignable, alignable, alignable.com. Um, is like uh, like LinkedIn, but for small uh -huh. businesses. And they okay. hold a lot of events. I could hold my own event on there. That's kind of why I started uh, checking it out. And on Fridays at between 2 to 3 p.m., they do um, a business meeting. It's like, what do you call it? Speed dating. It's the oh, same thing. Yeah. You get on there, there'll be 150 people on there on a Zoom-like call, and they match you up like every, for seven minutes, and you meet wow. all these different people. And there, I met a lot of nice people, man, all across the country and and in Canada, and uh, a couple people from Vancouver, which I've always kind of had a bucket list item. Vancouver, I'd like. To oh, check it's it out. beautiful up there. Yeah, you did a cruise, the Alaskan cruise. Yes. Right? Did you? Yeah. So you went by it. Uh, we stayed there for a night uh, oh. before we went on the cruise and it launched right out of downtown Vancouver, which is beautiful. It's a yeah. beautiful city, very pristine, yeah. I would say, and would surrounded say. by these amazing mountains. And yeah. I mean, it's right on the uh, on. There's a big, you know, sound or a bay that it's on. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, it is. And is it kept rather moderate climate wise because of the current? That's what they say. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, it, I think it's a lot like Seattle there as far right. as I think they get well, there. Isn't it right in its armpit? Yeah. It's right yeah. there. It's, it's, nor it's, it's, it's just north of Seattle right there. But they get the same kind of weather, very mild. They do get the rain and everything's very mm. green, really mm. green over there. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. I and really it seems like really good people. I've met, uh, everyone I've met from Vancouver is nice. I, oh, just... well, they're Canadians. They're they're super nice. Uh, I, think <laughs> I don't Vancouver... know anymore. I'm kind of I'm kind. Of, you're from Canada. Yikes! I don't know. There's <laughs> so yeah. many, it seems like Canada has changed dramatically since <laughs> I thought they were nice. Now they seem like I don't know. You're from Canada. We got a lot of Canadians over over here that come yeah. down. Um, you know, in the winter time, they're all Canadian snowbirds. Mm. They're, they're everywhere really? here. Oh my gosh, that. it's crazy! And it, they have some really crazy stories about how Canada has changed. And uh, I have uh, one friend, Gary, that he talks about. Uh, you know, hey, everything that I'm seeing in Canada, uh, it, it's it's coming here. Beware, beware! I mean, these it people in like Canada that. are saying all the same thing to to us here is that you know beware they don't have a good uh uh they never say anything good about trudeau that's for sure 
Wow. Cause I thought most people just worshiped him. Like, like people that are even slightly on the left and further worship Obama. I thought it was exactly the Maybe. Same. I mean, but it, it, it could be the sampling of people that come down here. Cause the, the, the thing is they come down here, they're only allowed to be here for a certain amount of time. And, and then they got to go back and, and it's a really strict uh, they're very, they're, it's very, very strict and, uh, and, and they long to be here. They're like, Oh my God, I can't, I have to go back. That's a, the attitude that I'm getting, but mm -hmm. it could just be the sample size I'm getting. And maybe it's just people that come here. I have no idea, but, uh, they are very nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are, they are very nice. You know, just a, a few, maybe two months ago, I, I ran across a YouTube video, this guy, I don't, you know, me, I don't remember who he was, but, uh, he did this whole video walking around, I believe it was Toronto and he's just yeah. talking to the camera and he's like, look, I've been a big traveler because of being in sales for years and years and years. So I think that I'm very unbiased. I could speak to what I'm going to say in a very unbiased way, but he goes, I'm pretty much done with camera. Canada. Mm -hmm. And he said, the thing is, is that the taxes are so high. And but you yeah. would, it, it'd be like I've heard people in New York say you make sacrifices for the city. And he, and huh. he was talking along those same lines, you make sacrifices yeah. to be here because the people are great. We take pride in being great. Uh, we love um, our social justice and our environment and all those things. However, he goes, the weather isn't worth it for the high right, cost right. of living, which is getting increasingly unsustainable. And he said to what we we're talking about, he said, the people who have this reputation of being super friendly are not that friendly anymore. He goes, huh, everyone's yeah. frustrated. And yes. yeah, so it's really changing. And it's kind of like when you look at the U S you know, we're going to have, we're going to make this natural segue because you and I talked about, we are going to, and just laying the foundation here, folks, we are going to, Merle and I assembled our top 10 list on the ways to change America to save it. Uh, however, we're going to say that we don't know what each other put on their list. I, my guess is eight out of the 10 will overlap. I, I uh, wondered that too. I was like, yeah. I bet you Barry's writing this down right now. <laughs> Right. But <laughs> we're both going to have a couple zingers. I think that we're going to have to, I uh, wonder, you know, I, I wonder too. So uh, where was I on that? Oh, so what I was saying is, so when we look at the U S and, and we see our major cities, every one of our major cities is, uh, and this is going to be debatable. Some people disagree with it. It seems to me all of our major cities are run by far leftists today and they're all suffering consequences to that in the, through coming through the defund the police uh, experiment, which I think is evidence uh, evidently has uh, been a disaster as crime has risen all over, all over the place here. And our homelessness is a gigantic problem. Our taxes, the, the taxation is a big problem. So what I was saying is the bigger the city gets and the more liberal it gets, the bigger. So you go to Chicago, you go to New York, Chicago, California and they and is like um, the big example. They always say it's whatever starts in California will then permeate through the U.S. That's yeah, scary. that's a that's a threat. And then what I mean is Canada seems like the next stage after that as an example of what happens. Yeah. So um, with that, let's segue into our our top ten. And I don't. I, 
I already set the basis of making that sound so partisan. And I hate that. I, 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 because when it, at the end of the day, I think when you follow things far enough up, 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 um, up the chain there through our politics and all that, I think you get deep state and it's, and they laugh about politics. I mean, about partisanship, because I think they're all in it all together. When you I think you're right things. about that. I, I think they're, they're laughing. And they love together. the division. Yeah. Love the division. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that to me. I, you know, one of the the times for me that 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 seemed apparent was right before the Russians uh, had invaded Ukraine, or maybe it was shortly after. It was it was during um, uh, the president the, the State of the Union address last year, and uh, the Republicans and Democrats were singing "Kumbaya" and they were all wearing yep. Ukraine flags on their lapels. Yep. And to me, that's a huge red flag to see that. It's like, uh oh. <laughs> but I mean, like, grab your wallets. And that's, I mean, yes. that's really what happened is, I mean, you look at the, the, the billions and billions and billions yes. of unaccountable dollars that we've sent over there. And then we find out that these guys have been lying to us this whole time because of these leaks that have happened. And we find out that we actually have soldiers over there. Um, and uh, that, yeah, that is, uh, I- Really borderline war crime. Right I was going to say the same. Don't you think that's an act of war, right? It's there? a, it's a, it's, it is an act of war. It's, it's as if, I mean, if you don't declare war and yet you engage in war, it's sort of like Pearl Harbor. I mean, when the Japanese yeah. uh, bombed Pearl Harbor and did not declare war, that's a war crime right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so now they've lied to us and it's all on our tax dollars. So now we're guilty of war crimes. And this is a, it's a sick thing. That's a you sick think we're thing. a fallen state? It feels like it. It, it feels, feels like it to me. It feels like uh, we're, I mean, we're speeding towards being Venezuela is what it feels like to me. Wow. Yeah, that's a big thing to say. I guess that's uh, kind of what spurred our conversation on Sunday yes, to, yes. to do this. Uh, how do you want to do this? Do you want to share like number one? Well, I, I, my, one I have a, I, yeah, I, I wondered if my number one, and I didn't rank mine in order. I didn't but rank mine in order. Certainly I had a, the one that came to my mind first. My, I, I suspect that you might have had the same one, but mine is term limits. Oh, dude, I don't have that on my list. I love that. Um, I so do, too. Is it, this whole thing is that our uh, House of Representatives is the most important body for our own voices to be heard in the federal government because these people have districts. Like the district for me, is it's very small. I could drive over to my, my congressman or congresswoman's house from here. So he or she has to live in my neighborhood and represent me. And if we have people in there that actually are truly there to represent the voice of, of, of the, the constituents, me, um, then I can be heard. But today what's happened because there are no term limits for Congress, um, so these these people are just on automatic pilot and they've got investors and they've got lobbyists and they're making I mean, a lot of these people are multimillionaires and they are not making that kind of salary to be multimillionaires. So they've, no. they've, they've fleeced the country and it's all about these special interest groups and not about me anymore. And um, and now these things are happening 
where we don't have any measure of control over it any any longer. We, it seems like our our federal representatives are beholden to special interest groups, whoever's got the most money, these big businesses, pharma. Um, I, I mean, it, the list goes on and on, but right. we are at the bottom of the list. And because these guys get elected every two years, it it forces them to have to listen to the constituents and bring those things to a head in the House of Congress. This is just not happening anymore. And I think term limits will will make it so that it attracts people that are statesmen, that care about the community, and not so much politicians that are in it for themselves. You know, it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're most, much more astute about uh, the history of politics and things like that. But uh, didn't it seem like our our foundation uh, of this country was meant to be almost like serving jury duty? Like, look, dude, you, you're yeah. going to represent us for two years. So get off your farm, do what you got to do to put it on hold for two years. But you are going to Washington to represent us. Wasn't that how it originated? And, and, and it's a very simple. Yes. And I would say that it was more of a person uh, who was making a sacrifice because they love their country and yeah. they love their citizens and they know they're not going to be making any real money or anything doing this, but this right. is something that they felt that they would do. And and they never envisioned people doing this as a, a, a lifetime because the, really back then the mortality rate was so much lower that you, you wouldn't be in Congress for 50 years like like our current president was in mm. Congress for 50 years before he became mm. the president. That never happened. They never even conceived of that. So right. so, yeah, you're exactly right. That was uh, the thing is it's it's duty to country. Right. OK, let me go to my number one. I know you have this on your list. Uh, it's kind of it's it's a twofold. It is uh, institute a fair tax system and eliminate the IRS. Those, <laughs> those are my number two. <laughs> both both those Not things so I had them right we, there. We totally agree on that. Yes. It, just simplify everything. No loopholes, no nothing. The more you buy, the more taxes that you pay just as a result. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, in my mind, first of all, there's the debate over how much the rich are paying or not. In my, in, look, to me, the middle class is getting fleeced. That's all That's I know. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the welfare system is, in my opinion, out of control. And uh, the the amount of uh, what they're doing with our taxes is out of control. But what I know is it's it's small business owners. When I was much younger, when I first went into business for myself 30 years ago, we were heralded. We were we were very appreciated. Now we're looked upon as like. I don't know, like just taken advantage of, absolutely taken advantage of. And as if we're this endless resource. And yes. I mean, really, we're the whole entire middle class is treated like it's a, this endless resource that uh, has limitless cash that we could put in anywhere. We now talk about trillions of dollars like it's nothing. I mean, 10 years ago, if we said a billion, it was a big deal. Now we talk That's in right. terms of trillions and it's That's exactly I'm right. I'm sure that it's intentional to desensitize us to what's going on. But I'll just if you got anything more to say about the fair tax system, you go. It's on your list too at number 2, so. Yeah, so I 
look at this as this is the sure way to eliminate a ton of corruption that's happening here in our country right now. As you mentioned, the rich are not paying um, and and the poor aren't paying either. I mean, right. you know, it's like the when you take a look at this lopsided thing, it, it seems like uh, you're exactly right. The middle class gets screwed every time. All of these these schemes that the government has had it's to schemes. fleece the rich always ends up screwing the middle class. Oh, <laughs> That's oh, really yeah. what happens. I mean, they, yeah. they did you know that when the uh, when the IRS was being construed and being sold to the public, it was being sold as a package to fleece the rich. They're they're oh. they're not paying their fair share and we're going to get those rich people. That's how they passed it. That's how they made it happen. And look what happened. The and that's class. exactly like that. They sold the, the how many agents did they just put on? How many agents? 180,000. Yeah. Was it 80,000? It was 80,000. And it yeah. was sold the exact same way. Yeah. We're, like, oh, there's not that many billion. You need 80,000 yeah. accountants yeah. with guns to go after billionaires. Right, right, I could right. just see Bill Gates like running away from these <laughs> in the revenge of the nerds. You know, I mean, right. it's just, and these guys are shooting everywhere because they don't know how to shoot, you know, and they think people are falling out of windows. Yeah. Anyway, and the next, the next thing they want to pass to try to pass is that any transaction that you make over $600 is going to be reported to the government. Oh, really? Is that what you needed that extra? 80,000 IRS agents for. Well, wow, it's isn't that something? Because now the whole thing, all of the we've got this uh centralized cryptocurrency coming here in America this summer. It's happening. Uh in all of the all of the Western countries of the world are they've got their own crypto that's happening now. So this whole and they're talking about centralizing the banks and everything, World Bank centralizing everything. So so that whole pipe dream of hey, let's follow your six hundred dollars or or more. No, they want to follow every penny. They want to track every penny and much like, uh, and the, what's the danger of that? Well, the danger is exactly what we saw in Canada, right? Yeah. Uh, where where they seize their, your bank accounts. There right? it is. We don't, we don't like what you're, well, you know what, Barry, you've been eating way too much meat. We're going to, we're going to penalize you. We're going to cut your meat intake by 50% yeah. and they'll be able to do that. They can just press a button or actually they'll just use AI to do it. Yes. Um, Oh boy, there's a discussion. I, I want to uh, I want to plug this real quick. Next week, I'm going to have my buddy uh, Mark Tennant on again, who subbed for you about two years ago, and uh, he's a big tech guy, uh, really engineering type of brain, and he's always on the uh, cusp of everything that's going on with AI, crypto, all of that stuff. We're going to talk about how AI is influencing our lives. And from an over 50 starting over perspective, because it's influencing our, our everything creative uh, writing. We're going to talk primarily about that, but he, he wants to introduce how people of our age, our generation can actually use it to take a next step instead of being afraid of it and shying away from it. You could dive right in if you have that interest, but no, that's going to be interesting, dude. It's really, really interesting. I've been doing my own homework. Me it too. is uh i will be on an upcoming website i'm going to be using ai uh, chat gpt to assist me with writing the content for this website but i'm going to highly customize it but it's also influencing design so uh, illustrations 
uh, photography. <laughs> My and daughter music. was talking about this and how yes. she is so threatened by this because, you know, she's a graphic design artist and, yes. and this whole thing where people can just generate, it's generative, right? Mm -hmm. That's what mm -hmm. the G and GPT stands for. Uh, it, it, it generates these things so that yeah. you don't have to anymore. And she, this is threatening her job. And yes. it's threatening the whole industry. And the, and it goes right back to what you were you and I were talking about in the last show about how AI is going to take all of our jobs away. What what is there going to be a need for us for? And in there the lies the the whole thing is uh this this battle between man and machine is that if AI decides they don't need you because their whole the whole job is to replace you, they're man we're back into the terminator movie <laughs> no one has no one has a good answer to where that's going to go and how it's going to go it's no. it's nothing but it. we we don't have the tools to uh think about it yet i will say this that someone told me um told me a podcast i listened to uh probably lex friedman he's um a robotic engineer he's got a terrific podcast very very popular podcast uh i think it was him that said he's a coder and he said that coders are using chat gpt to develop co code at about 10 times the pace wow so he goes it's not so don't be so threatened by it we're just 10 times better because of it you <laughs> might might want to say uh we had the same concern when we came out with calculators and how, yeah, and how that was going to take over the world. So there's a bit of that. Now, I really don't know. We, we will just see how it goes. I want to back up for a minute, Merle, because when we started talking about. Yeah, we, we can go down a big system, rabbit hole right there. Yep. It yep. can take over the show from there. Yes. But yeah. when we talked about the. Fair that, tax that's what AI does. It, does, <laughs> it just it takes does. over. <laughs> when we talk about the fair tax system, we never defined it. So would you define oh, yeah, right, it as right, eliminating yeah. I mean, all taxes look, except for a, a sales tax? That's it. I I think that that's the way to go. I mean, that's what I have in mind is a flat tax system. It's a, you know, Herman Cain with a 999. I think he was on to something right there. I, you totally lost me. What's Herman Cain? Oh, Herman Cain ran for president and uh, he was a Republican. He just passed away recently uh, and uh he his whole platform was the flat tax and it was nine percent tax and there was three nines there and he was a nine 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 oh. and it's just make it really easy get rid of the irs yes. get rid of that yes. all that stuff everybody pays their fair share it's all based on consumption all loopholes are gone yeah exactly and you, do you know our whole country ran like that before the 19 teens and, and we, we did just fine and then when we implemented this all the corruption and all of yep. the yep. all of the and we also implemented the the beer the bureaucracy at the same time and this the, it changed the whole country completely it put us on this crazy trajectory that we're on right now which brings up my my uh the third one that i have which what? is what eliminate all bureaucracies and uh how i do you think do that okay I mean, well here's a, how you do it it's brock i got a plan. Like a concept okay let's hear it okay now because we didn't have our first off they're anti-constitutional um we have in our first uh article of our constitution that all laws are to be made through the legislature and and it is not to be 
uh, uh, delegated to any other body. And yet that's exactly regulations that come out of bureaucracies are just another word for laws. Mm -hmm. And so they've delegated that authority. That's against the constitution mm. and so we need so you can't just say okay no more bureaucracies so here's how we do this is that every two years because congress is elected every two years each of these and we've had to have it on a rotating system each of these bureaucracies are going to have to come to congress and they're going to have to make a case for why they need to be why they're a value to the american taxpayers and if they're a value, Congress will assign their budget. Now, if they are low on value, they can slash their budget or they can cut their budget completely. But it needs to be in Congress because, again, those people are directly accountable to me and you. So now, finally, I will have a word into what happens in these bureaucracies. Today, the bureaucracies have unlimited funding and they're nameless people. So they're completely unaccountable. Right. And they can do whatever agenda they want to do. And they're completely following up our American uh, uh, life and our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. They're mm -hmm. stealing it from us. Yes. No, totally. So that would um, be my plan. Okay. Okay. Um, it That is similar. I'm going to skip my three. I'll come back to my three because yours is similar to my four, I think, mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. It's related. I would like to hear that. All right. I mentioned this on the podcast before. I think this is a rather radical idea, but I, I'm, I'm speaking to the educational system and healthcare at yes. the same time. I'm excited. Privatize them and have them one, take 100 of the best private companies. They will receive the contracts and they will always be evaluated. And the most, fu the most funding on a, on a scale will go to the best performing ones total capitalism and socialism combined because you have a hundred of them competing. Okay. But where's the socialism in it? I don't know, but I guess it's, I guess it's just trying to take capitalism and give it a lot of accountability. So taking the, the competition of capital, look, man, first of all, if there's two institutions, we need to turn around now. It's, it's our educational system. We need to rescue that yesterday. And, but our healthcare is archaic. Our healthcare here in the United States, that's a damn shame because everybody it sure should, is. Yeah, everybody should have equal health care, and that should be a priority number one. It just shouldn't be a screwed up industry. So I think whether talking about the healthcare industry or the let's talk about the healthcare industry. Let's say that we just take the top performing 100 institutions in the healthcare industry and say, we're gonna fund you guys. You guys all get X amount of dollars, and then they are just rated maybe biannually. And, and no, they're rated constantly. There's a constant, you could go on the website and see the charts moving at all times. Now, of course, you need people smarter than me that put in, well, how are they rated? What are the, what are the terms that they're rated by? Well, efficiency and performance and all these things. Now, I know that when we talk, there's a danger there. When we talk about the educational industry, you could say, well, the educational system's already like that. So what did they do? They st started dumbing down the the test scores so that they could uh, pass everybody so that they got more funding. 
Okay, that has been happening for years in yes. our public school yep. system. Yep. So we need to circumvent that. We need yes. to just figure out. I agree with I don't, you. I don't have everything answered, but I'm just saying that if we take. It needs to be fixed, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that is so funny, Barry, because that was my next one, too. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> I have it right here. I, and I, I, words, yeah. I wrote I wrote these on my phone instead of putting. I, uh-huh. I started putting it on. Remember, we have that online thing that we can share Mine's and there, I, yeah. I, I started writing it on there and i'm like no barry he's gonna see my notes so i, I, put I it never look phone. at yours because i don't want to i you like know? that i like yeah, that I, but like I, I did want to keep it i wanted to keep it uh uh concealed in every sure. way because i didn't sure. i wanted because this is cool because i had a feeling we would come up with very similar things oh, yeah, but for sure but mine was uh to to uh really unlink our school systems from the federal government yes and 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 i did i wasn't necessarily saying privatize and and i'll tell you why um i think it should mine's not totally unlinked i'm saying that they're funded (laughs) but but through different companies that compete well okay so here's my idea very similar to what yours is but i i think we need to go back to state and local funding of of schools and uh not and keeping the federal government out of it because here's here's what i see happening when the federal government is involved is that they don't have it's like the federal government doesn't live in your backyard right and and uh but the, the local government does it is your backyard and so is the state government and so the state and lo- local government are way more concerned with your productivity yeah. than the federal government is right. and the state actually has very unique needs like here in, in Arizona um mining for precious metals is huge business so in Arizona I didn't know that I didn't either um the tax dollars that come into Arizona if this was all state funded local funded then our schools would have a curriculum that would help our people to be more prone to be more creative on that end so when they come out, they can produce more for the state because they have maybe the science or the technology that's specific to what we need here in this state to make our state more sustainable, make it more profitable, make it a better place to live. The federal government doesn't necessarily have those kinds of for concerns. Sure. Uh, and they're really more looking at things on a, a global basis. So they're going to be more concerned with liberal arts and uh, a lot of this, a, a lot of it is going to be around. Hey, we've got this social movement that's happening, and right. let's inject money into this so that yeah. waste it. Don't I, waste I think, it. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's literally billions of our tax dollars that are just blown away. And then we, in what we've done is we've invested in people to get educations that really don't produce. And the only jobs that, that are, that they're actually fit for when they come out are government jobs. <laughs> That's right. And so, and so what, what happens is, well, we need to find more jobs. And then the president's bragging, we've created a million more jobs. Well, they were all government jobs that I'm paying for with my taxes now. So I think that we need to 
I agree with you. We got to change the educational system, but I think it wasn't until the late 1970s under the Carter administration that we came up with the Department of Education. Um, and so all the way up until that time, Barry, there, the federal government wasn't involved in our, at least in our local schools uh, until that time. And think about how, how things changed at, right at that time. Um, remember gym class? And you had the boys and the girls were separated and the boys were doing things like wrestling and boxing. And I have no idea what the girls were doing, but I mean, I mean, I, I remember going to gym class and it was rough, man. You had to freaking oh, wrestle best, some guy though. down to the ground. I loved it. It was Everybody just like pure competition. Him. We yeah. needed that as boys. Yeah. We needed that, but then they made a co-ed yep. and that was because the federal government got involved mm. in this whole thing. Okay, but let me ask you this. But what about a state like West Virginia, maybe Arkansas or something like that, that uh, they would have probably have very poor school systems because they just don't have the funding? This is the thing that um, we need to have the states competing with each other. Uh, that's the way that I see it is that if you bring the federal government to, you know, daddy warbucks to to, to in, infuse money, then the states don't have any incentive to to change things in the state to make it better for the citizens. And so I see that as, yes, that's a problem. However, we've 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 used a crutch to remedy that. That is an eternal crutch. You can never get off yeah. the crutch. And I understand and, what you mean. I think uh, there's I, some hard things that that would be a result, but in the end, it would be so much better for the country instead of what we have going on right now. It's like we're never going to take the training wheels off. You you got a point. There's a parallel. It's kind of like the idea if we continue to go back to the conversation about AI taking all the sustain, uh, sustainable jobs away, and you can only pretty much employ 25% of the population so what do you do then and you talk about well you need a stipend uh a bare minimum of a stipend for everybody and then everybody else can just go from there and there's been the experiments i, I, I don't know if you want to say experiments but um it seems to show that people people of ill means will just take their stipend and and uh bi-weekly or whatever and go on a bender and spend on drugs and alcohol bad food this that or the other and so I'm, I'm trying to draw the comparison so then if we take that idea and, and we talk about the educational system and leave it to the states and let the states fend for themselves now they're competing with each other and well some are going to fall to the wayside and it could be prosper it could be. I don't know. I don't. Well, know. and this is the whole thing about the the whole conception of the states and the federal government is that the states, uh, the reason you have states is because you want to have localized government and totally each state agree. has its own flavor. And when you start to have a very strong centralized government, then you take that all away. For example, I was having big time problems in California uh, because of the government there and, and their rules and how they look at things. So I'm in America. I can move to Arizona where they think right. differently. And this is exactly what I'm saying is that this uh, idea of the federal government taking over uh, these things and they really have they're controlling them. 
uh, to our own detriment. Um, mm. They're forcing us to have curriculum that does not produce anything that's tangibly good for our state in many ways we can cut we can cut that revenue use it for other things and really let the states handle what they know they need to do uh it's just like my own house i know better how to fix my own house and what what needs to what's going to be most efficient in my house than the guy that lives in another state or another country who he doesn't care about that like i care mm. about it and so this ownership idea is what causes things to get better. You know, it's like you're bringing up the stipend idea, but we've seen this concept and it's in the public housing. Uh, and when you don't own something, you don't right. care about it anymore and you don't take care of it. And that's when you get a can of spray paint and, and paint your own wall with it, put graffiti on your own wall, <laughs> right? Because you don't right. care about it. But when you work for it, and you and now you own it you're going to take care of it you it's like my motorcycle man and if somebody gave it to me i wouldn't i wouldn't care about it but man i i really worked hard for that i'm out there all the time there's a speck on there you know right if you want to beautify America, make people make people accountable for it. Make it easier for us to to own things, right? Yeah. Uh, and when we when we own it, we take care of it and we make it. it, it it's like that old saying in school: where you put your feet on the on the uh, 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 you yeah, on the desk at home. Oh uh, no! Well, you then don't do it here at school. Uh, but we just take things for granted when we don't own them. Anyhow, it could go on and on. Uh, you, uh, I agree as you were talking, I'm sorry, I had to start writing because I came up with a number 11. That's very <laughs> important. Um, but we'll get back to that. I'm going to back up to my number three because, uh, okay. You know, okay. Wage war on the military industrial complex. Oh, I love that. I don't have that on mine. You don't. I'm no, shocked. No. I'm I couldn't, shocked. I, there is, there's so many things we could do. It's just, well, that was right. the thing, Barry was, it was like, Okay, keep it to ten, but I mean this could, this could go on and on and on. And right, but maybe, come on, maybe, man. The, the this is a huge industrial one. complex a huge is one. a gigantic one because they're it just is. draining the middle class of all of our all of our money. Not only our money, but our next generation and the generation after that, their money. So I just say we require bidding and approval on all military spending. I agree, and and you know uh, I had something similar in my notes and then i was like no keep it down to 10 so I, I don't know why it took i have 11 this. now yeah so but <laughs> oh, mine i could get along, rid of one mine yeah. goes along with that which is um force our our congress to declare war uh when uh we engage people in battle and and look well you know the last time we declared war was world war ii is that right yeah, we what have about not... all the other wars, like Korean and Vietnam. When... We never yeah. declared war on Korea. And as a matter of fact, the Korean War never actually ended. Um, we have Ooh. an armistice. We never had a treaty. It, it could technically say that that's an ongoing war. Um, wow. uh, we never declared war on Vietnam. We never declared war on uh, on Iraq. No one never. talks about Yemen ever. We never, the ongoing we never, things going yeah, on there, atrocities. We never so. declared war on uh, on Afghanistan. Okay, so when you don't declare war, huh. then you you don't have Congress people, which that's constitutionally 
that's who declares war is our, our House of Congress. And 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 so now we have nobody that's accountable for these wars. Yeah, and, we look and, terrible and, across the world. We have spent our whole lives thinking that we look like Superman in, throughout the world, a truth, justice in the American way. And I don't believe that we look like that at all. I don't believe that either. And yeah. and here's the other thing, too, is, you know, and I know that these Congress people have huge investments in companies like Lockheed yep, Martin. Yep, yep, yep. And uh they're making this is how they're making this and they do it without bidding. They just get money granted right, these right. contracts. Yeah. And and of course they're making uh, the congressperson is making tons of money on and without sure. having to be accountable for being on the record yeah. or his constituents who vote for him or her to say, wait a second, you voted for this war, and and look what's happened. We're gonna vote you out and put somebody else in. Well, now they can just, yeah, they, they don't have to be accountable for it. They none of them have been accountable for any of these wars, and I think that that's look, people are dying mm. over there, and mm. no one's accountable for it, and we're spending our tax dollars to to, I mean, to kill people. And mm. no one's accountable. This is the same problem with our bureaucracy. No, no accountability yep. there. Yep. Um, and, and accountability, as we started the show out with, with our weight, <laughs> right. accountability yeah. is everything. Now, yep. we need to add accountability to this. This is it's just common sense. Agreed. Agreed. I, I had a thought that uh, I didn't talk about my number two, and I realized it's redundant. So I can take my number 11 and put it in my number my number two, um, my number two was cut taxes on the middle class by 75%. But if we do the fair tax system, that'll that, happen. That'll happen. That'll you happen. know, I wanted to make a point here. And that is that the middle class is an invention of the United States. There was no middle class before that. There was, That's true. There was the elite class and then the serfs. And now uh, we want to go back to that with the bourgeoisie. Right. And the now, look at, yeah. Look at the attack on the middle class. And I, I really yes. I go back to the the early 1900s with the advent of the Federal Reserve Bank, the IRS. Mm -hmm. uh, also, um, and, and well, uh, I, I have another one, which is um, to bring back the ability for the states to appoint their senators as opposed to senators being elected. Um, that also happened uh, right around that same time with the IRS. Uh, really, our country completely changed at that time. And it's really my suspicion that the, really America was really stolen from us at that point. Mm. And I want to get the, the, our constitutional government back where yeah. it's government of the people, by the people and yes. for the people. And uh, and 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 this is it. I mean, this ha this has to happen. Uh, for us to to really be able to to control our country again agreed um it, w w let me just go back go ahead. senators are the most uh there are our most prestigious legislatures they're the they're the overseers of our legislature they get to be in office for six a six-year term mm -hmm. uh as compared to a congressperson who gets a two-year term so you laws generally uh, bubble up through Congress and go to uh, or through the House, the House and go to uh, the Senate. And these people, like they're sort of like the old eagles, you know, that they look at it. And, hmm, you know, they're very uh, uh, um, they're very wise. And they this is why we put them there. But they're they're from the state when they were from the state. Again, 
local government, everything they want to take care of this. If they're appointed by the state, then everything they do, especially when it comes to their fiduciary responsibility, is going to be very measured and conservative so to protect the people. But when it moved over to the people elect them, then it's, hey, we're going to give you free money, so elect mm. me. That's the difference, okay? And and now now when the house bubbles up, uh, uh, stuff where it's going to give away free free stuff, so mm-hmm. that their constituents can get something free. Well, they're all in on it, right? Mm-hmm. But we you needed to have that. Uh, hey, here comes the thing from the people, but here comes the thing from the state to to really even out things and and make it so that it's logical for everybody. But that went away, and then it became this runaway freight train of debt, and Mm. we've never been able to come back for over 100 years on this. I say we bring back senators being appointed by the state uh, and no longer being uh, elected. That's a good argument. I like it. All right. I'm going to give you my new number two. It was my number 11. I moved in my number two because I said uh, my number two was uh, reduced taxes on the middle class by 75%, but that would be taken care of with the fair tax system or free tax system. I'd, there's a misnomer there with one of those, but you know, the flat tax system. Um, okay. All so the spending that the government is doing as to my point is destroying the middle class. That, oh, that God, that's yeah. that's what I'm oh, talking yeah. about is that the middle class is what is at, what actually sustains all our freedoms here in without this country question. without question you destroy the middle class you destroy America you destroy our freedoms you destroy freedom for the entire world and there seems to be an orchestrated force to and there always has been to destroy that and this is what Agreed. we're trying to protect here all right well you just made me want to skip down to number seven uh, because because it. It. it goes in line with what you're saying. I think monopolies are, are, are policies are constitutional uh, governance on monopolies. What happened to that? I mean, it, remember when Ohio Bell got uh, broken I up? can't even believe you have this on your list. <laughs> I love this because I have the same thing. It, um, what happened? And, and I'm talking, they need, you got BlackRock. I mean, go to the very top, BlackRock, Vanguard, uh, CBS, Disney, places like that but it goes into facebook uh apple and all these other all these high tech companies that are they're that too are powerful advantage of us exactly and exactly. that was the entire intention behind the whole monopoly uh laws so what the happened antitrust I, laws yes exactly that's so, exactly yeah, right what on earth happened and, and, and this and, is and, where most of our corruption takes place that's exactly right and congress is supposed to be all over that and mm-hmm. what happened the lobbyists yes Agreed. That's what's going now, on. Now here's man. a tricky one. When you talk about lobbying, and I remember that from government 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 classes growing up, is uh lobbyists are it became legal and necessary because we had politicians running our companies, so to speak, creating laws for companies. And they didn't know their poli- politicians are terrible people. Uh we all know that. They needed lobbyists in order to inject, but it, it but it got out of control. Yeah, got way out of control. The last statistic that I remember is something like, my God, I think it's there's 50 lobbyists in DC for every healthcare uh, or 
50 healthcare lobbyists for every politician in DC. <laughs> I I don't doubt that. Right. I yeah. mean that the whole place is infested with lawyers and lobbyists. I yeah. And it's a trap. I mean, I lawyers are never my favorite um and I don't know any lobbyists personally, but it uh, I don't know that I would want to live in Washington DC. No, I wouldn't. Uh my friend Susan LeCount and I had a conversation about that recently because she got offered a lot of money to yeah. To uh, I don't want to uh, divulge anything I shouldn't, but to, she would have to move to D.C. Yeah. And we both agree. I thought she would kind of like it. She's like, no way, no way. Uh, inside yeah. that beltway, man. <laughs> I don't even want to know what's going on over there. So many crazy things that need to be dug up. But but yeah, I mean, this whole monopoly thing, I thought about AT&T. My dad worked for AT&T during right. the divestiture, and that was a big, big deal. But I mean, the fact is, is that we've got all these companies now that have locked out any kind of competition. There's no there's no possible You're way right. that these other right. companies can uh, can can, um, you know, grow up. And, and yet these companies, a lot of them are heavily linked to our ruling class. And this is so they've used these companies. I, I really believe that what we're into here in the United States is fascism. Mm. And fascism is controlling our country through businesses that's really what's happened and it has happened and part of it is because of the lobbying and i think if we could just you know uh enforce the laws of you know you're not supposed to bribe these politicians but that's happening all the time and nobody's of course nobody's following that these the, uh, the other thing too is that these people uh in congress can buy stocks when they have insider information yeah. that's that that's actually stealing money from us that's another way to screw well. them yeah right yeah, uh, everybody they, else they, i mean this isn't it's not just free money oh i just happen to know you're you're bending the system and that revenue isn't supposed to be coming to you that way because you cheated um that, and, and it's supposed to be going to people that earned it fairly so Oh, gosh, what are we talking about even? I, I well, we were talking about monopolies and oh, you're, that's right. you're segueing yeah. to a really good one, uh, in my opinion. So we're I'm, and I'm talking all the way up to uh, these big, giant investment firms like BlackRock, Vanguard. Yes. There's yes. that street one. I always forget the name. State of. Street. Yep. State Street. Um, you break those up and you know what you can couple this with is with my um, number six clearing up the media because those are the companies that own the media and uh I got that too i knew you would have that well where where does that rank on your list uh, i know we I, don't I, have that it, it wasn't prioritized but it was yeah. the last thing that i had which Ooh. was a deep investigation into the media owners and again Ooh. breaking up these monopolies and Ooh. making it fair for for all voices to be heard because we're not hearing we're hearing the fringes and that's it we hear the far right and the far left yeah. and all and of they, us in the middle and again, they're in the owned middle, by the same companies yeah because they yeah. want you divided that's it that's it. that's exactly it and, and they're, they playing control us. The narrative. they're playing us yes and uh we talked about this too the other day uh last sunday but they could they they stole the election in the last election and that's they did. such a it's such a hot point for everybody because Trump was there. Uh, I don't care who it was. What I know is that they, it, the Twitter files made it very clear that uh, the media was told 
by the FBI, the CIA, the CSA. There is a lot of interference, social media, regular uh, media. Hey, that Hunter Biden stuff is Russian disinformation. Do not publish anything about that. Sick. They control. They can. That sick. It's. It's unconstitutional. It's treasonous. It's it absolutely treasonous. And, and no one's how many people were involved in this whole thing. I mean, it oh was crazy. God. It's just come out now uh, that uh, the Biden administration's uh, who who is it? It's uh, the guy that's uh, oh Blinken. Uh, Blinken had called the deputy uh, assistant deputy CIA director uh, during this whole New York Post thing and said, hey, this sounds a lot like Russian disinformation. You should look into that. Hint, hint, wink, mm -hmm. wink. Uh, mm -hmm. And that guy just testified that that's what happened yesterday. Nothing's going to um, happen. Nothing's going to yeah, happen. What could happen? I mean, but that's direct election interference. It's right fraud. there. It's election it's in, fraud. In the yeah. highest degree. Yes. And it's, yeah. it's, it's and it smacks you in the face, but yet it wasn't Trump. So who cares? Right. Uh, that's exactly right. And it, it, everything gets a pass. When, yeah, it, when Trump's yeah. involved, that's weird. That's it is weird. weird. It's like what what happened to everybody's brain? Like, yeah, just, you, you got hijacked this guy that much that yeah. you're, you're going to uh, anyway. Wow. No, OK, so to the media, I also said, I think we need a clear algorithm that gives an accurate rating of, in quotes, journalistic integrity. And so that means that commentary can't be described as news. So you got these newscasters, whether it's Fox or CNN, MSNBC, that are up there getting all crazy with their their political opinions. That has it's kind of like putting the label on a cigarette package. You, yeah. You're going to have to define that that is not news; it's entertainment, and what and and then define what is truly news, and that is journalistic integrity. And like I said about the educational system and healthcare system, that there should be a website where you can check these 100. I said 100 companies should be rated at all times on these different uh, scales, algorithms, uh, how well they're doing and where they're. Deficits. I think the same should be done with journalistic integrity. That at all times you could go on, you can uh, look up anyone that calls themselves a journalist. Uh, first of all, you have to earn the rating, and uh, and then you can go online and see where they fall on the scale of nonpartisanship and and different things like that. So we get real news back. Walter Cronkite's back is what I mean. Wait, and there's a lot of Matt Taibis and stuff out there that would be like, dude, implement that today because mm -hmm. I've earned that. Do you hear you they're know? going after him now? Yes, uh, he, I always go. He, he says he has journalistic uh, integrity. Well, uh, here's here's what it is, is uh, during his testimony, he was saying that, oh, uh, CISA was uh, involved with the. Uh, uh, with with Twitter and telling them what to say. You well, know, CISA is a cyber security apparatus for the United States government. And what he meant to say was CIS, which is the Cyber International. Oh. I don't know what it is, which oh. is a private organization. Mm. Now the ranking member, who is a Democrat, uh, has sent a letter to Matt Taibbi saying that he lied under oath. It was oh, my God. By the way, he corrected it, that he oh. lied under oath and that uh, mm. she wants him to explain why he lied and that lying to Congress, this is in the letter that he got yesterday, mm -hmm. lying to Congress is punishable by up to five years in prison. Oh, my so God. 
threatening oh Matt God. Taibbi, the Democrats are, with five years in prison because he forgot he added mm-hmm. an A at the end of CIS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're going to jail right. for five years, buddy. Because he was one of the chosen few that was to divulge the Twitter files, and they want to discredit all of that and because it was just uh, so eye-opening. This guy oh, voted God. for Biden, and now these guys, oh, they he's, he's a leftist. They're like, they're like a leftist. They will eat their own. They don't yep. care. If, yeah. if, if you don't serve their purpose you're anymore, right. they will eat you. There, you're right. All right, what uh, what's the next one for you? One of them. Oh, this one is. Uh, I think we got uh, all out one, of order. Oh, uh, so so this one is end long term welfare. Um, I I you know welfare to me, I believe that there's a need for welfare yes, in, in in certain situations, but I don't believe there are that people, people that can't take care of themselves. They're yeah, I, I don't believe that a healthy individual. Uh, should be eternally on welfare. Correct. I just don't think that that's fair, uh, mm-hmm. even to them. And mm-hmm. I think I think that uh, welfare becomes much like heroin. That once you get started on it, then it it takes it away all of your incentive to do yeah. anything additional that will better yourself. And it, and it keeps you, you know, the story of like an elephant, uh, how they train these circus elephants and they they uh, they put a chain on them and put and link that chain to the stake and the elephant can't get away. Right. As right they right. get older. They don't need the chain anymore. They just put a string around them. Right. And put it on the stake. And the elephant is so conditioned that he thinks he can't get away. So he never tries to to get away. Well, that's what's happening with the welfare system is that absolutely. People they're mentally they're trapped it's a it's a mental prison and that's why you have people for generations and generations on this my thing is if we're going to spend that kind of money and it's a lot of money that we should use that money to instead of giving a man a fish teach him how to fish right absolutely I mean, and and, absolutely. and I, I think that um that that's that's what is really what welfare is um, and it's funny because welfare is in the Constitution. I don't know if you knew that or not. Mm. It's right in the preamble of the Constitution. Mm. And it says that it's meant for the welfare of the public. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. welfare meant something a little bit different. <laughs> I was going to say that. Too. It wasn't a check. Right. Um, it, so I think we need to go back to that form of welfare. Agreed. Help you know, people I instead think... of trap people. I think that would fall into uh, that category that I had my idea that just my idea, I say it humbly, but uh, about the education and uh, healthcare system, throw in welfare too, where it's privatized, give the top 100 performing companies, uh, you know, a sliding scale, whoever's doing the best, give them more. I kind of think of it like welfare, like we do incredible things with our nonprofits in this country. There you go. That's where this belongs. Exactly. And so you have private companies under a nonprofit status that have to work lean and mean that are always really good people. I love working with nonprofits in my business. Well, and I, I mean, absolutely do. They're great. This is people. where the church comes in as well. And your your you know, your religious establishments, Blue Cross, uh, uh, United Cross, Way, all these yeah. guys. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's where charity really belongs. And, and you know, where? When charity is coming from the federal government. 
government. It's not really charity because if you look at the definition of charity, it's coming from your heart. People right. don't give their taxes out. Of, oh, let me help the poor by paying their taxes. That's not what's going on right there. Uh, this is a this country is the biggest giving country of any country yes. in all of world history. Yes. And so let's if you give it to the federal government to manage it, what are you going to get? Ninety percent waste. Absolutely. Barry. Give it to and, a nonprofit. Ninety percent go. goes to the cost. That's it. And and of course we need to uh, we need to have this. Um, what do you call it? Uh, 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 would they need to have accountability too? Oh, there's accountability again. Yeah. Every it, checks and balances always there gotta have is. the accountability. That's what I was looking for. Checks and balances, yeah. right on. So there, right. there that's that's my next one. Oh, okay. That's fantastic. Yeah, um, that's a good one. I got all over Welfare. the place here. Um I'm gonna and I agree with you, and I don't see that on my list, which is amazing to me that I would have forgotten that one. But because I, I completely agree with you. My number eleven that went to my number two is yeah. No illegal immigration, but grease the wheels of legal immigration because we need those good people. We need we do good need people. good people. We don't yeah. need people that want to take advantage of the system. We need people that want to contribute. We and, need to and, make uh, illegal immigration a top priority. I agree. And uh, thank God we're seeing some rumbling in the House of Representatives uh, on that. Well, we had a change of the guard there and, mm -hmm. and there this is their number one priority is that border. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see what happens. But it is a big area of vulnerability for this country and it's destroying uh, cities. Um, my uh, my cousin is a part of the D.E.A., and she was here in Phoenix this past week and telling me about this. While she was there, they came in with this huge drug bust with just piles and piles and piles of these pills. And they're suspecting a lot of it was fentanyl. I mean, this is just oh, yeah. destroying us. It's destroying yeah, And there's our, a our new drug that's worse than fentanyl. I, I haven't heard I of don't, it. Oh, yeah, there there is one. I, that's all I know about it. I should not have brought it up because I don't know what I'm talking about. What else you got? I got a couple other things. Uh, the next one is no more pharma commercials. It's funny, but at the same time, in it's 75% of all commercials. On in our lifetime, Barry, um, pharma, pharma commercials were not legal. And so they they're only make... legal in the world in the United States and New Zealand. That's and, it. And th this didn't happen until uh, the mid 90s. Now, I remember when farmer commercials started coming out that I didn't think it was a big deal, but I thought they were mm. weird with all the side effects. Yeah. And, they, and that speeded up. Language. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you take so and so, this could happen. <laughs> you know, and you're yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, um, as a result, what we've seen, Barry, is that. Everything's brought to you by Pfizer now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Pfizer controls what the news media is yep. actually saying to you. And if you look when back did at we what see happened, that go blow back in our face? Yeah, hmm. right. Right. Yeah, and look at the billions and billions and billions of dollars each one of these people made and mm. all the yachts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Eliminate pharma commercials, and I think America will be a much healthier place. My totally related one was number 10, dismantle the FDA and Big Pharma. There you go. It kind of it kind of almost goes hand in hand with the monopoly. It does. Well, and I was saying but, eliminate but the, the bureaucracies. FDA. Yeah, and they're, FDA, they're, the FDA is, FDA is the number one on my list. 
and that i mean that goes right to the health of this country and the obesity problem that we have i yep. mean yep. everything and they work they're killing hoots with the, like. yeah the corruption with the uh big pharma big pharma has let's make no mistake they've done wonders the united states pharmaceutical industry has done wonders for the healthcare industry so let's not uh let that go unrecognized the rest of the world counts on that our our uh innovation in big pharma but it needs broken up and back to competition and needs some ethics thrown in there some somehow i don't know i don't know the legalities that go on there but let's face it when you take something like uh what are some of the most egregious things like um is it the EpiPens that are costing like two three hundred dollars oh yeah it's like a two dollar yeah it's 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 amazing you're these right, kind of right. things it's disgusting it's, it's terrible what they've done they've really right. done us a disservice Move, moving on uh china can no longer buy agriculture land or real estate here in the united states if they, if they call themselves if they call us their enemy which is xi jinping just made that statement a couple of months ago uh then w you can't buy up all of our food supply here right. and starve us to death um and you can't buy up all of our, our real estate i found out that in los angeles the chinese communist party is buying up about 20 percent of the real estate there uh, which is driving wow. up the prices. So so when I was trying to buy a house, I may have been competing not against another person that works for a living, but against an entire country which mm -hmm. who can compete against these. I mean, I would see houses where it was like $750,000, which is outrageous, right? Yes. And then I was like, okay, I want to buy that house. And, uh, and then somebody bids. Two hundred and fifty—I mean, eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars for it. A hundred thousand dollars more, sometimes even more. Who has who has that kind of money? Right. Um, the Chinese communist. Party. I would go as far as to say that uh, no one but an American citizen should be able yeah. to purchase. I, I I think so too, and we should be yeah. taking that very very seriously. Mm -hmm. We we've seen in um uh one situation where uh, a tract of land was being bought for three times the market value, and when we looked into it, we found out that it was a Chinese company. Mm. And the reason that they were paying three times more is it was right down the road from an air force base and they wanted to be able to surveil it. Oh, my this God. is the kind of stuff that's happening right it's now. And, and, and they consider us their enemy and they're doing this kind of stuff and we can't right. let them do this. And by the way, uh, the, uh, the house committee on China competition is talking about just that right now. Mm. Yeah, no. Uh, I did you totally ever hear about you. Smithfield uh, pork? Uh, they provide bacon and all this stuff. They provide 25% of the United States pork here in this country. They're from Smithfield, uh, Virginia. Um, I've not heard of this. Okay. Tw uh, back in 2013, a Chinese company bought Smithfield. And then, really? Okay, so here's the deal is Chinese companies are all run by the CCP. Uh, they have, in fact, Chinese companies uh, have to uh, be a part of their, their national security and provide any information mm -hmm. to the CCP, all this kind of stuff. So now the CCP owns 25% of our pork pr production here in the United States. Um it's such a crazy thing how they can own this. And, and that means they could shut it off, shut it down. They could uh, taint it. They could do whatever they want with it. Right. Uh, anyway, this is a danger. And it, I think this is another area to improve America. No, I totally agree. How about this one?
And this one, I, I think uh, a lot of people will agree with. Take all money out of politics. No corporate backing, no super PACs, everyone running for office. This is one place where I say, yes, let's put our tax dollars. Everyone running for an office gets qualified and then gets the same amount of money. Hmm. Okay. That's so an that interesting. You, you brought that up before. And the yeah, more you, you talk about it, the more it seems uh, to make sense because, yeah. I mean, these people are just buying their way into uh, the president. And then their votes are bought. Votes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. It's it, and and you take a look at like the epidemic of these DAs across the country God. that George Soros bought. Yes, uh, yes. And and how each one of those cities is a cesspool of crime and and that man's got a fire. lot of blood on his hands. He really does. He really yeah. Does. So do, uh, so does his mayors that uh, he helps get along. Yeah, yeah. Every and there's every no accountability. Every, back to accountability. That's right. That's right. Uh, actually, Barry, that. Uh, Ban TikTok. <laughs> That's another one. Um, Save America. Ban yeah, TikTok. Yeah, I yeah. think because uh, they're a terrible, terrible threat. And I followed those hearings, and uh, it was just like the Cheshire cat smiling, like he's just about to eat you. You know, mm, I think you're you're nice. You know, and it's it's what it seemed like to me. It was sort of an ominous thing, and I think. The, the the handwriting's on the wall. These guys, these guys are the CCP. I mean, that's what they are. And they're coming it's, to get us. Yeah, it is. It is. How about this one, Merle? Grease the wheels for other political party options. I like that. This, I think this that's thing a big that one. we have right now. I, I heard this recently that 25% of the population is hardcore Democrats. They'll never vote for anybody but Democrats. 25% Republicans never vote for anybody right. but Republicans. And then the, the rest of the 50% pretty much hardcore independents that are like, what the hell is happening with our country? Mm -hmm. and, and I uh, heard I, that uh, in, more people are declaring themselves as independents than ever before in history. I, I feel like, I mean, I, I'm a Republican, but I'm completely embarrassed by the Republican Party. I'm embarrassed and by I, I'm, a, I'm a conservative, but I, I think I, I fit more into the independence now more mm -hmm. than anything else. And uh, I, I want my vote to be able to count. And right. to your point, that means we need to establish, I mean, is there an independent party that could run? I, I don't know. I mean, but this whole Democrat-Republican thing is a sham. It's, it's a, a sham. sham. It's a sham. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard spoke to that. Love and her. me too. I, I can't remember exactly how she put things, but she said after that Ross Perot fiasco yes. that scared the bejesus, bejesus out of everybody on both sides, that uh, our politicians made changed laws so it made it virtually impossible for there to be a third party. So because people were asking her, OK, you left the Democratic Party. Will you run as an independent? She said it's impossible. And she explained how, why. Uh, yeah, she's, so she said right. I could do more good just uh, on my own here uh, with my podcast and stuff. So that needs to be addressed. And someone else said, I don't remember who said this. God, I, I have to always say that. But I, I listen to so many different podcasts. But someone else said. Yes, there definitely should be uh, independent parties, but if you're going to have one more, you need then you need four, a, a total of four parties, because of the whole thing where uh, everybody says as soon as there's an independent party, don't vote independent, you're going to steal votes away from our candidate. 
So you need a fort. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yet another party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there's something to be thought about there. I think so too. And I think, I mean, gosh, after we've seen over the last what twenty year, the twenty year train wreck we've seen. God, yeah. um, I mean, I don't know. I go back to nine eleven. It seems like everything came to an inflection point at that at that particular point, and and we've never been able to recover from that. You're right. Yeah. You know, what went off the rails there? Was it uh, just the uh, government being able to snag power because of I think that was a state of emergency? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I, I think it was, uh, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. Right. Yeah. And uh, the globalists, uh, that's when they really struck in and started to make big time headway. And America started to ebb away and become absorbed into this world government kind mm. of thing. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, us going over as the world police into Iraq yes. and Afghanistan and everything. Made a really, mess of things there. Yeah, I mean, we made it. We, we everything, everything changed as a result. It's almost You're like right. right after World War Two, everything, there was like a new realm we were in. Mm. And then after 9-11, another kind of tectonic shift shift happened right exactly you're right and 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 this is we're still i think that corona uh was an extension of that whole thing and uh we we're seeing now you know that we believe that it was a lab leak out of wuhan and that it's almost accepted now it's weaponized right right i know before if we said this on the air they would correct now is anyone being held accountable for a worldwide disaster so crazy right no no, no. And who's at the top like, of that? There's yeah. one man at the very top of that. And well, I shouldn't say one. You could say uh, there are some presidents implicated. There's a lot of, but it's Fauci, man. Why is it? Why isn't he? Uh, do I want to say disbarred? I don't know what you call it, but well, uh, he retired. I mean, so there's right, that. he got out of there. <laughs> but not, yeah, uh, but not held accountable whatsoever. Not at all. Not at all, and you're exactly right. I I think he is uh, uh, guilty of high crimes. I mean, seriously. But I don't but think I it was intentional. Think, but the cover up was there. You read uh, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book and all mm-hmm. the evidence that he puts together. So he's I running think, now. I, I think you would change your your last statement about Fauci. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 he he seems to have known exactly what he was doing. And I think someone's pulling his strings as well. As he take mm. a look at this world government that's happening. Mm. I mean, you've got the UN, the the WHO, you've got the WEF, the World Bank, all of these. That's world government, man. That's that's what everything. This is what George H. W. Bush was talking about: a thousand points of light and new world order. <laughs> uh, that, that's exactly what this is. We're yeah. living it now. Yeah. And then yeah. he was a big. That family was a big part of it. That told us they were Republicans. Mm, right. We've had the rug pulled out for, right from under us. Totally agree. And, and these you. things we've talked about were excellent. And and if we were able to implement these things, there would be immediate change, starting with the very first one we talked about. Got to start with talk about them. You just got to start with talking about them. You're Get right them out about there. that, Barry. You're How right. about this one? Uh, make it unconstitutional for the government to issue taxpayer money to private citizens. Man, that is beautiful because mm. we've seen we've seen the repercussions of this whole on thing. many it's levels. Been, it's been including welfare, stating getting back to privatizing yeah. welfare, put put that back in a nonprofit status, and yeah, government issuing tax money. You 
told us about, it was around 1920, 22, 28, somewhere in there, that the government repealed um, or made an amendment to the constitution that made it able for the government to actually issue people money. And when people smell that, that they can, that the government's going to tell them that they're going to give them money, that that's when everything goes off the rails. Yeah. This was actually uh, one of the founding fathers actually talked about the fact that when the people figure out that they can actually vote themselves money from the public coffers, you're at the end of that, that mm. uh, government. And mm. that's exactly what's happened. We, we've seen how it's happening now. I'm reading this book by Milton Friedman, an economist, and he talks about how whenever the government comes in and puts their finger on the scale like mm -hmm. that, yeah. then the repercussions are always very serious where we end up going into a recession or even mm -hmm. a depression. Mm -hmm. And we see every time the Federal Reserve, which, by the way, isn't even a part of our government, right. which actually needs to be eliminated along with the IRS, which there will be no need for the federal government when we our Federal Reserve when we eliminate the IRS. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, these these uh, these every time they mess around with those interest rates, we end up in a recession and that's exactly where we're heading with this one. Now uh, we're in it. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. this is what's happened and They're even, they're still even talking about uh, making the interest rate higher. Why are they doing this? It's because they printed all that money and gave exactly. it out to those people. Like it was saying. inevitable. So yeah. what they do is what they have to do is raise the interest rate. So if, um, you borrow a dollar, they get a dollar 25 back, so to speak, and they burn the money. They take it out of the economy to burn yeah. it and get this is crazy, so, man. It was like in the seventies, mid seventies or something. And I probably will say this wrong, but is it the Keynesian economic system was replaced by whatever this manipulation is? That yeah. So uh, I'm not sure. I, I've heard that term, but before, it was but like if, the if gold you standard gave somebody a pound of gold, standard. You yeah. got ten dollars, and that equaled the same amount. Yeah, that was it, right? Right. Yeah. We went away from the gold and silver standard uh, mm -hmm. back in the seventies, sixties, and seventies, and now our money is really only backed by trust. Yeah. Uh, and and so now now it <laughs> makes us so much more vulnerable to inflation. Uh, because you can just print money. If it was all backed by gold and silver, you couldn't just print money before. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So now they can do that, and it. It's it's now we got a manipulative mess, effect. and yes. now it's like uh, all of our indicators that we could use to judge whether our economy was healthy or not mm -hmm. have been corrupted. Even like when uh, we hear our president bragging about the unemployment rate being so great, well, now you've actually adjusted those statistics and redefined what unemployment actually yep. is yep. so that you can, because all these people dropped out of the workforce as a result yep. of the devastating economy, but you're not you're not taking that into account when you're talking about the unemployment rate. You, you've, you've rigged it so it looks like mm -hmm. it's something that it's not and and that's the danger that we're in right now is that it's like we're flying in a plane on on instruments but our instruments are corrupted and we're flying right towards a mountain i mean that's totally really agree. what's happening i totally agree i covered all of mine i covered all of mine this these oh. were excellent perry yeah what that a was great fun. discussion we yeah we, i mean people need to listen to us because we're we just solved america <laughs> <laughs> now it needs to be implemented that's uh, that's the I thing agree. 
Well, hey, one thing that I saw in the news, I, I mean, we're going to have to wrap up pretty soon, but yeah. along the same lines is that there's an executive order that's about to come out that is uh, about uh, Freddie, Freddie May and uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Um, basically, people with high credit scores are going to be penalized about a percentage in home buying, and then that percentage is going to go to high risk uh, there's people. our social what do you call that social social, social credit, credit score. score yeah yeah right, exactly right. and i i think about that barry because uh when i i got divorced back in the 90s my credit score was i mean just abysmal i mean and that happens to a lot of people mm -hmm. when they go through a divorce but i spent the next 20 years building up my credit to, i have excellent credit now but it took blood sweat and tears to make yeah. that happen and i'm serious about that yeah um that was a lot of work and now to find out that somebody that didn't work for that is going to actually take some of my credit that I earned. I mean, they're, these, they're destroying the merit system. And yes. That's what the real problem is. People throughout people America, that earn, throughout their you, careers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you earn something, you should be able to keep it and not have it commandeered by the government and mm -hmm. given to somebody else that doesn't deserve it. I think that's immoral. Well, that's the whole DEI. Uh, that is, there. and I have a lot to say about that because I, 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 le I learned about the ESG we talked about a couple of days ago. Yeah, but just briefly, DEI is, is a ESG is a environment, um, uh, uh, social. social and governance, and yeah. this is what these hedge funds are inflicting on our businesses right now. And a big part of ESG is the S part, which underneath yeah. of the s part is dei diversity is diversity equity, equity and inclusion, inclusion right yeah. and they are just like, it is terrible man what they're yeah. inflicting on us with this whole thing but but yeah i mean um there are uh, what, what's happened is they they've been able to turn these companies like budweiser into <laughs> social uh, uh, broadcasting companies and right. with this whole thing with Devin uh, Mulvaney uh, it, it's it, it's ruined Budweiser's finances what, what last I checked six they were billion down. I think God, I, I mean, think and now, this is amazing comment I want to I want to I want I want to ask you a couple things about that because you understand this but much better than I do but um about three years ago, Gillette, the manufacturer of razors, did this whole toxic masculinity promotion. You could look that up on YouTube. It's abhorrent. And um, just about how horrible men are in general. And the same thing happened. They lost billions of dollars. And so I want to ask you again, could you explain to me how these to the root of the matter, how these big companies are being pressured to do these, this uh, uh, social experiment kind of a thing. Yeah. In other yeah. words, shoot them in the in the foot of their own target audience. Please well, explain here's the deal. how they're pressured. Yeah, so so here's a, a sort of an experiment that you can do is you can go on to uh, Yahoo Finance and look up these companies and then look at how how much of the company is owned by uh, investors. And when you go to that page of uh, Yahoo Finance, you'll find out that these hedge funds, like we talked about them already. Back to BlackRock, State Vanguard, Street. State Street, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. They typically own 
up to 80 90 percent of any any of our publicly traded companies that are mm. out there so they have a commanding uh, uh control over these companies and if they don't do what they want them to do they will extract funds or they have a leverage over the board they can fire board members they can even fire the 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 ceo have the ceo removed so wow. uh, they've implemented this esg this is all coming from the wef by the way uh, uh w uh world economic forum yeah. um so so they're and and by the way the owners the people that hide their money these big multi multi-billionaires and there are trillionaires out there they all hide their money in these hedge funds to, to for taxation purposes and then what they're doing is they're controlling all of these businesses they own about nearly a hundred percent of the businesses throughout the whole world so uh they are a very 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 powerful and that's why i'm saying this is fascism that's happening right now um and so what they're doing with that that control is they're implementing esg which ultimately divides us and destroys these companies anyhow um the ESG now is something they have to do because they're under these pressures. Let me just read this to you uh, about Budweiser. Uh, the company also promoted their DEI rating with the mm -hmm. Bloomberg Gender Equality Index. While the GEI Gender Equality Index is focused solely on internal policies of a company, the Corporate Equality Index put out by the human rights campaign is 40% based on outward facing policies and a company can face an additional 25% penalty for actions which do not support the LGBTQ cause. It is not unreasonable to assume that Anheuser-Busch is trying to increase their uh, the CEI. That's their uh, uh, CEI. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's their corporate equity uh, equality mm -hmm. index they're, they're trying to increase oh, their CEI equity, score. not equality uh, yeah equity. they're trying to, they're trying to increase their CEI score for a better ESG rating uh it's actually called equ uh, corporate equality index that's from the human rights campaign now here's the deal Barry is that the human rights campaign puts this equality index out corporate equality index which the hedge funds look at that score that they're getting from these different sources to give them their ESG score. And that ESG score uh, is how, oh, this company's in good standards with us or they're not in good standards with us. And this is uh, the social credit score for businesses. Wow, okay? there you go. You just so, hit it on the head. So this is, this is what's happening. And this is why uh, when we went into COVID, uh, all these companies started acting all crazy about strict requirements about taking the vaccination when it was still an ex in uh, an experimental use mm -hmm. authorization mm -hmm. drug. Mm -hmm. It's because the hedge funds had put pressure on these companies and said, if you don't do this, we're going to fire the board. We're going to fire the CEO. And they yeah. have complete iron fisted control over all of our companies now. Wow. Oh. That that's heavy. That's really heavy. And, and guys, those of you listening, I know that that's heavy. I know that it's, it, it, it even sounds like conspiracy theory, I'm sure. But if you really follow it, it makes all the sense. It's the only way any of this makes sense. 
And the I just read you the, the facts here is that 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 is that's what's going on behind the scenes that very few people know is happening. Right. So they're willing to a company's willing to shoot itself in the foot in a massive uh, in a massive kind of a way in yeah. order to because that there's a much bigger entity at the world at the world on the world stage, the World Economic Forum, I suppose, is where it finally all the and, way. And by the way, I, I got that information from Forbes. Yeah, and, and I, Forbes? I just did you say Forbes? Yeah, from Forbes. Okay. Yeah, okay. they were you skipped a little that. bit, right? Yeah, there. We, we had a weird thing happen there, but that's uh, the only that's the first time uh, doing this podcast, yeah. so I'm really happy about that. <laughs> me, me too. So it, but even Budweiser, it's kind of funny. Like, try to make sense of it any other way than what Merle just laid out there, because you you're going to tell me that this international company, as Anheuser Busch, put the entire fate of the company into a 39 year old woman's hands for this crazy international ad campaign that in turn lost them, I think it's $6 billion today. Yeah, a, a whole boat. Try to make sense of that any other way. You can't. It doesn't make any sense. And but. so the whole fact is, is that from Budweiser's point of view, they actually made profit because of how these hedge funds take care of them. Oh, oh. So they, 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 they're, they're not operating on the market system anymore. That's really what's happened. That's how we are looking at these companies and saying, well, the uh, New York Times, you lost ninety percent of your subscribers. How are you still in business? CNN. How are you still in business when you lose all of your viewers? Right. Um, and this is what's going on behind the scenes, Barry. This is it's not about the market system anymore. The market system has been corrupted. Adam Smith's idea of the marketplace and how it works has been commandeered by these people. Yeah, I totally follow you. I think it's time we lighten this up a little bit, though. That yeah, was really heavy. Go. This is good stuff, though, man. It's right. important information for people to have. Right. I want to um, I want to show you something I, okay. that I found this morning that I thought was super cute. Let me find it. Here, here we go. And uh, this is um, two dogs doing FaceTime. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> no, I listen to him. They're FaceTiming on a computer. They can see each other. They're okay. Now here's oh, the other one adorable. from the other one's point of view from the other side of the camera. Okay. I got to see this. Oh, come on. Why aren't you working? Oh, it knows you're on the podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, that's too bad. But I see, I see him yeah. over there. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, he's just pining away for that. Other Looks dog. like a husky mix. Yeah, I love yeah. Huskies. I do yeah. too, except for all that fur everywhere. Yeah, yeah for I sure. I like other people's huskies. Aha, uh -huh, that's true. <laughs> I think that I have lost many hours watching YouTube videos of huskies with babies. They oh, go I'm... together like, oh my god, they they just love babies, uh, and they're so funny together. And if a baby starts cool. crying, it'll start out. howling. Oh, dude, it's uh, the best. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, oh, there was something else I was going to tell you about this, and I, it totally slipped my mind, but it it was funny. Um, I don't know, man. All right, so let's uh, wind up. Do you have anything cool going on this weekend? I uh, I I'm gonna the, the thing Anne Marie and I have been doing here is we've been riding our bicycles out to uh, Starbucks. That's about six nice. and a half miles away through this oh, wonderful trail good, that we right. go on. We do that. We did that last Saturday and Sunday morning, and two weeks ago we did it the other. 
both days and i i definitely want to do that again Good. i'm looking forward to it it's so fun nice, nice. Yeah, how about I, you oh i don't know particularly but i know that this afternoon lisa is sending me out to independence to get something but when i hear independence you like it out there I do. And one of the big reasons why is they have a really good Mexican restaurant. Out there. Oh. What's it called? It, it may be Compadre Cozumel. It's Cozumel. Oh. It's really good. So I'm, cool. I'm doing a happy hour by myself at Cozumel and in independence. I know that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So other than that, I enjoy sure. that, man. That yeah. sounds great. All right, buddy. All right, so Barry. Great show, man. Yeah, I really, uh, really appreciate the time that you put into that. It was a great discussion. It really was. I really had a lot of fun. Me too, Barry. All, All right, right brother. Bro. Love Take you, care. buddy. All right, love bye. you too, man.